we hit 60 with the peak of the transfers thing, and now we're at 55 staff. So, um, yeah, don't don't read too much into the staff count numbers. I mean, we're I guess you can't help yourself. It's curious. It's a reflection of a development cycle, but the development team is very consistent, and it's a very consistent pacing of 2014 pacing, um, and and potentially a little better pacing right now, obviously, because we were able to grow the team by uh, about five full-time developers um, with uh, the people moving over from from transverse. So we got some very good people moved back, uh, moved over to transverse, and some some new designers and new. Um, just a lot of lot of new faces that are bringing some top talent to MacWarrior. So, um, good news for MacWarrior and good news for feature development. So, I think that answers your question. I I believe. All right, we had a couple questions in here about the uh, development of convergence mechanic. Both Tezcatli and Sweet Jackal wanted to know essentially why was decision made not to continue the development of a convergence mechanic. Well, I get a little bit worried answering that question because I don't know if necessarily everyone has a consistent idea of exactly what that means. Um, on the one hand, you might just look at MechWare Online's current convergence of, um, you know, based on the location of the weapons on your mech, whether they're low-slung weapons or up on your head, and how quickly they converge to the same point. I'm not sure if you're referring to that mechanic to a bigger degree or if you're referring to more of a of a kind of spread mechanic where you know you shoot your six medium lasers off your hunchback 6P and they don't all converge to the same spot but um, you kind of go you know random inside of the you know circle the circle the expanding circle idea that you get in a lot of games um, so I'm not sure which Darren, which way would you assume I should Do you answer want me that to, question? Yeah, hold on. Let me. Uh, I can, which way would you take that? Well, Sweet Jackal's question goes in a little more detail. It goes: convergence at one point in the closed beta was delayed, dynamic, and it was scrapped for many stated reasons, uh, not fun, hit reg, and such. And we got instant dynamic convergence in its place. Is convergence something that is in a fixed state now, or is PGI open to discussions about? limited fixed convergence or cone of fire solutions to reduce pinpoint damage by increasing damage spread. Right, okay. Um, I don't think I'm really equipped to answer the first part of the question. I don't really remember that aspect and, you know, how it differs from currently. I apologize. I mean, the cone of fire thing I can answer and say, I don't like it. I don't want it. Um, I, I firmly believe the vast majority of our players don't want it. I I understand how it works for some games and how it worked for a game like World of Tanks with your 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 main weapon and um, when you're moving or how fast you're moving and a number of things. And I understand how this plays into the problem that we discussed when you know heat scale and boating and putting large amounts of pinpoint damage in particular locations and how it would reduce that. But I just think, I believe firmly that the amount of angst that we get from our players about, say, something like heat scale would be a tiny shadow of the rage that would ensue if I charged up my Gauss rifles and you're 600 meters away and I put them dead center in your chest 
and one hits your left torso and one hits the right torso. Or heaven forbid, <laughs> one hits the right torso and one misses. I think it would be... I just don't think we're that type of game. I think that the weapon systems, some are supposed to be pinpoint. And if I, excuse me, if I put my lasers on your CT at, you know, 300, <clears throat> excuse me, 300 meters away, I expect them to hit there. And, um, auto cannons, etc. So cone of fire, obviously there's, it's in the game to a very small degree when it comes to, um, you know, the machine guns, and you know, so we use a, a number of different mechanics in our game. You've, of course, got the lock-on missiles. You've got the dumbfire missiles with, the, you know, even though they have spread, they fall in a straight line, but there's randomness involved. The machine gun has a spread. But, you know, the main weapons, um, auto cannons and lasers, they go where you tell them to go. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd be happy to have that conversation with a group of players at some point. I have a very hard time believing, though, that um, that we chat, uh, chat back whatever, you up on that. Yeah, we never <laughs> want to go that way. So, I had a follow-up question about this, Russ. Is uh, this this ties into actually a few uh, questions I've seen here on our doc? Is uh, arm lock? Obviously, this is a a conversation and a discussion piece. Arm lock being able to turn that convergence off, as far as if you have weapons on your arms or on your torso to basically negate that and uh you know now it's on for new players and you can turn it off what is your thoughts on arm lock do you like it do you do not like it do you think it uh adds you know to this to this issue of convergence well um here's one of those moments where i'll tell the players what they want to hear and that is that I'm a noob and I don't always see things the same way that they do as hardcore players that, you know, spend more hours in the game than I'm able to spend in the game. And what I mean by that is I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I, I got blindsided by that. Meaning when we put that feature in, that was about new players. It was about new players entirely. In fact, I thought, um, and some of the initial noise I heard, and that maybe there's a point of almost discovery for most of our players, or a lot of our players. I'm sure there's some very competitive players that understood the mechanics of what made you a really effective MechWarrior player that, you know, f- you know, foresaw that right from the get-go. Um, but I think I, and I think a lot of people maybe didn't. Um, it was just sort of like, why are you putting in this annoying little feature for new players? Because it's... Um, you know, it's silly. You know, Mecha Online is more of a sim, and you got a laser on your hunchback in your head, and you got one on each arm, and you got, you know, your auto cannon up there. And when you're, you can aim your arms up there, and, you know, your torso can't, you know, aim as high, and that's how you bring complexity and, you know, interesting mechanics to MechWarrior Online. And so, why would you do this, you know, dumbed down, you know, leading us down the road of, you know, dumbed-down Mech Assault-style products. That's what I kind of heard and what I thought the main concern was. So it wasn't even all that long ago when I just really kind of realized myself, like, oh, like, that sucks that, you know, our core players and our really good players um, use that mechanic. You know, they use it to to just make it that much easier to put, you know, their alpha where they want it to go. So I... I Honestly, I, I wish we could make it a um, a new user feature, meaning, you know, make it available for 
I don't know what's fair. First 100 matches or some criteria we determine together. And then after that, it's you don't got it. You know, you want to you wanna put everything in the same place. You got to take the time to make sure your arms line up with your torso before letting loose. And just by nature of that and the extra skill and difficulty involved and the extra patience it'll take to make them converge together, um, you are going to spread the damage out a little bit more, you know, even just by a little bit. Um, instead of all going to CT, it's going to be spread out across CT and RT. And just, it is going to increase lifespan of mechs at least a little bit. So I think it'd be great if we could back that out in a sense that we truly reserve it for new players. But um, I would, you'd have to tell me um, what the reaction might be from you, the players, um, if that was the case. Phil, you got another one? That was a follow-up. Do you, you got a question or should I just go? Go ahead. All right. There was a, I'll just, I'll combine two questions here. Uh, one is from, well, Viger, Virger, whatever his name is, asks, why could PGI not deliver on many of the promises that were made or implied to founders? And then Lil Ferret asks, why do you think so many founders feel abandoned by PGI? And what do you think PGI should do to address these players' concerns? So obviously two founders' issues. You know, I, I almost feel like I answered that question. You did. Really the second one you did. In, well, in the, in the first town hall, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I went on for quite a while about that. I, you know, I... I think it's probably better to refer you to that town hall and say, you know, listen to the answer. Um, so, because otherwise, I mean, very lightly, I think we just, I, I mentioned it here earlier in this thing, a lot of times I don't think we understood the impact of some of our statements, meaning when you make a particular comment to your player base, even in times when we felt like it was, um, a comment or a suggestion of what we were thinking and the direction we were considering going um, when maybe other criteria took us down a different path it became a question of like hey you um you lied to us you know type of thing uh, so uh that'll that'll make people go gun shy and kind of go the opposite direction with information and, and communication so i i think we found a better balance now and some of that's due to the you know the politics involved with um the process that was in place with IGP and this isn't like a it's just it's just the way it is it's not like it's like they you know sucked or didn't want things to be good they did but I didn't how many command share posts did I put up um you know in the first two years I don't know a few a couple I don't, I don't even know how many not very many right um you guys could tell me that someone could go by and you guys know all this stuff it seems like um I do a couple of months now if I can, and it just before it was it wasn't worth it. You know, I couldn't. I'd have to write up a command pulse and send it to a bunch of my guys here, which in turn went to IGP, which in turn went to marketing department, which in turn either they said, "Geez, should we really be saying this?" or you know, shutting it down. Or um, by the time they were done, there were so many changes that I didn't want to post it. I said, "What the hell is this? Like, this just sounds like a marketing blurb." Now it's not me communicating to the community at all. It's it's. I don't like this. Like, I don't even see the point. I'm not going to put this up. So too many processes and whatnot oftentimes can kind of cripple things. Um, so there's a lot of things at play here. 
a lot of I think this this question really is about a lot of things I've already answered here tonight um, whether it was kind of what was going on with 2013 the lack of support to do a, a feature like community warfare from our publisher um, I touched on this in probably a, a number of different times plus I've got the answer in, in the first um, uh, town hall and I guess at the same time though I would just say I, I plan on doing the things that I'm doing, you know, that I have been doing the last month and I plan on releasing community warfare and I, you know, I plan on continuing those things. So if those things are not enough for you, um, I, I guess I don't have a, it's too bad. And you know, I feel, I guess that, that feels bad because I don't know what else I can do other than, you know, what we've been doing this past month, what we're going to continue to do the rest of this year. And by the features that we are going to release, and I hope that um, if the founders at this point feel um, uh, that, you know, we haven't made uh, recompense or, you know, that's not even close, uh, I'd like to, I guess, hear about that from some of you because I, I, don't, I don't really know for sure. Um, that'll, that'll get me sidetracked pretty quick because obviously I take it very seriously and uh, I've been doing some things like we talked about the island comment. I mean... You guys heard my answer. I don't need to repeat it. I, I, at this point, I just want to turn that into some lighthearted humor. I guess that's just my personality. It's like, in fact, here's a story for you. Um, the infamous island comment, right? I have, uh, we have a cockpit item, believe it or not. And this was not done in any mean-spirited way. It was totally in good humor. Because um, I know a lot of you guys like to use that term or hopefully like to use it. Uh, in the past and in, in more of a I guess negative sense I'm hoping it's turning into more of a positive sense now and um, and that was you know for the uh, reward for the you know one year loyalty reward we're going to give that out and so here it is it's just a funny little thing with an island and water it was pretty cool but you know I had that one founder reach out to me um, which prompted me to put that post out had me look at it in a much different light than I had before and I said, no, no, I mean, yank the island cockpit piece. We're not, it's, I don't know. Like, I know some people would like it. They'd take it the right way. Some wouldn't. It's too soon. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever do that. You guys let me know if you want it. But it's it's pretty cool. So um, sorry for the long answer. That is hardly an answer. But it's, I just think, you know, we. it's almost like a summary of like almost every answer I give here in last town hall and this town hall and every command chair post and every everything we've done for the last four weeks is answering your question as to what we're going to do you know to earn back trust and, and make you guys understand you know why things happened where they did etc cetera, etc cetera. um i hope it's enough fair enough good question um and a good answer now russ it is going on two hours right now um we have a few more questions that are on topic for the most part, the questions we have now are uh, off topic. Hey, hold on, Darren. You're, you're breaking up quite extensively. Mm. All right, guys. Uh, just to let you guys know, we got a ton of questions. So, Ross, we have a question for you. We're going to move on to a break. And if you're okay with that, or would you like to go on to a break and then answer a few more questions in the next hour? Well, why don't you ask the people if they have more questions or... Oh, um, we've got 11 we can... pages. Yeah, we got plenty. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, great. Let's do a break, but let's do a shorter one just so we can keep rocking. And, uh, I don't know. 
Five minutes? Yep, five minutes it is. Guys, we'll be right back in five minutes to answer more questions, and this is going to be about future stuff. All right, guys, we'll be right back.
All right, guys, and we are back. Welcome to everyone out there. My name is Phil. I'm hanging out with uh, Darren as well as Russ Bullock, and we are doing the town hall meeting for those that aren't here or haven't been here, I should say. Uh, Russ is the president of Piranha Games, answering questions directly from you guys. And for the past two hours, he's been answering mainly stuff about the past of development. Now we're going to go ahead and move on into the future. Got a lot of questions to ask, so we're going to try to move through this as quickly as possible. Russ, are you ready? Ready. All right. So obviously lots of questions are being asked. Recently you posted up uh, a quirk system tier list, and we've got a ton of questions about that. Clan and IS balance, and obviously this being a big part of it. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in here. Do not have a uh, person uh, I would give credit to, but uh, the question is, if the IS mech quirks are being updated to balance them against the clans, shouldn't T1 clans be the target instead of T1 IS? Or are the T1 IS mechs considered to be on par with the best clan mechs? Well, they're not taken in consideration um, necessarily, you know, with the clan mechs of saying, hey, as long as we do this change to, uh, you know, a dragon, it's going to compete with Timberwolves. You know, there are going to be limitations, right? I mean, not every mech will ever be equal. I don't think someone asked this in the forums. I think it was a good question. It's they asked like, Hey, is the goal to basically make everything a tier one mech? Well, I don't think that's the goal. Cause I don't think it's feasible. I mean, certain mechs have certain designs. It, sure. I suppose you could make an awesome a tier one mech. If you made it so the PPCs don't generate any heat and they do 30 damage each or something, right? Sure. Tier one mech. Um, we won't be going that far, uh, but also I think the plan right now is we're keeping our eye on the ball, which is like community warfare is coming very soon. And see, I didn't say in a few short months, so I said very <laughs> soon. <laughs> see what you did there. And um, you know, that's uh, we have to have Intersphere versus Clans. And I know there was a question in 10v12. We can go back over that subject again um, if you want, but with that in mind that we have this competition coming up in community warfare between uh, clan and inner sphere. Um, what we're really focusing on is uh, making the, the balance work, you know, make it so that if you have equal skill players per side um, and you give them equal tonnage restrictions that you've got, you know, that the better team, you know, ever played better and, had the best match and strategized the best will win and not giving too much of an advantage uh, one way or the other to, you know, purely technology. So that's an obvious statement. It's just, that's our goal. So that's why the, the intersphere quirk system, I think the quirk system is going to be used across the board. And I think even this first initial full pass on intersphere quirks is almost just the beginning. Like even since we've created all the, quirks and we've plugged them into the game we've added more now we've got the ability to do things even differently than we had then the families of weapons and more quirks so it'll be a living breathing growing thing that'll constantly evolve and yeah it will be another one of those things that we'll have to tweak to achieve balance so uh people should just be aware of that meaning if all of a sudden a month in we say you know what we shouldn't have given given the awesome 
this much of a quirk in that area. We'll have to tone it down. Um, so everyone hates a nerf, but um, there can be no nerfs if there weren't buffs to begin with, I guess. So there's, it is across the board going to be a buff for inner sphere mechs, um, especially if they follow the criteria that's set out. And I think I want to talk about that for a minute. We can get some of the sort of general tone inside of the chat. Maybe you guys could gather some of that up. But there's obviously going to be a lot of opinions about what tiers the mechs are in and whatnot. Although I view that as probably a smaller um, concern because, you know, at most, you know, we basically have people saying, well, geez, you know, my, um, are you sure that, you know, the Dragon Fang, Fang, or not Fang, the Flame, is really a tier three that really ought to be tier four. So it might not get quite as many quirks as they might want to get in the beginning. But either way, they're getting buffed up. And there has been some conversation about, you know, the way I've hinted at it and say, you know, why are you doing it that way? So let's throw a little bit more of that information out here in the in the podcast so people know. And there's lots of discussion about this going on still, you know, even internally at Piranha between myself and some of the designers and uh, myself and um, other some members of the community that have been helping us and, and working with us to define these um, quirks and, and tiers, uh, just about exactly how they work. The goal is to, uh, one, bring up the viability of, of all the mechs. So there's much more consistency and viability across all of them. Some are maybe always going to be strong. They're just strong based on the combination of the model, shape, and size, hard points, maneuverability, just, you know, some things just make really good mechs. So when you look at the dragons, as an example, I'm just going to bring them up because everyone knows I like a dragon and I want to see them be better. Are they going to be better than Timberwolves? No, they're not, but they're going to be better. And for instance, we're going to make them, the, the quirks do get quite specific. Uh, when we first did a quirk pass, it was very generic. It was like, okay, this is a tier five mech. So the rubric we've established is like essentially buff like five categories of weapons. So like buff everything. So we basically buff every weapon across every variant of the dragon. And it was like, okay, great. That's going to be effective at pushing the dragon up in tiers, but it's also going to continue to make every dragon kind of the same as every other dragon. And this is, the Intersphere quirks represent a great opportunity for us to not just increase the viability of all the, the lower tier Intersphere mechs, but to also do a better job at giving them more specific roles. So we can really see it as playing into role warfare. And it is true that not every single mech is going to have quirks that you particularly agree with, or you say, well, that's not how I run my Dragon 5N, you know, for instance. And, and some of our quirks even go against some things we've done in the past. You know, look at the original Dragon Champion mech, which was one of our first champions, or I think the first one. It was actually, uh, you, uh, you guys voted on it. Two large lasers and a gauss. Well, that represents kind of a different era, right, of the game. Um, but it is what it is, and it still can be a good mech if it's used the right way. But, for instance, the 5N was given quirks more along the lines of AC2s. Now, I don't use AC2s with Dragon 5Ns in the past, but I understand why it might be a best way to play the mech. All the Dragons are basically Tier 5 support mechs, so with that in mind, you, we buff particular things, and we say, 
really, if you look at the the mech and the shape and size of it and the hard points it has, its best chance of being via, viable or being as effective as possible. And usually there's a particular path that is kind of obvious that players have gravitated to over the years uh, for those mechs. So since it has, you know, three hard point, ballistic hard points in the right arm, it's made more about the AC2. So you got some very specific AC2 buffs where you could see people running two or three AC2s and those buffs for the AC2 are quite significant. Um, and there's also less significant generic buffs to um, energy weapons. And so if you took out a build of that type, the Dragon 5N can be as effective as possible. And so it pushes it up the tier list as much as you can while also keeping it unique. So, and give another example, the, of course, the flame um, is about the AC-20. So the quirks are all about the AC-20 and the, and the energy uh, medium lasers. Um, in particular, like say with Yen Luang, of course, it's about the AC-20 and medium pulse lasers. There's really a couple builds people use with that. I know because I use the Yen Luangs a lot. Um, if you deck it out with endosteel and ferrofibrous, you can either go AC-20 with two medium pulses or you end up going with like two ultra AC-5s and um, a couple regular medium lasers, or, or sorry, even like an ER large in that case. So there's kind of a flavor thing there, but of course Yen Lo Wang is about the AC-20, right? From For all the right reasons. So that one becomes, you get significant AC-20 buffs along with medium pulse buffs. And so, yes, you if you want to be as effective as possible, you will need to use it in that vein. But it's important for everyone to remember, say, hey, I don't run my Yen Luang that way. Well, you're not going to be penalized in any way, shape, or form. It's not like there's any negative buffs whatsoever being introduced. So it's still every bit as effective as it was in the past. In fact, it's still going to be more effective because you're going to have, say, for instance, the the buffs for the Yen Luang in particular, we've gone much further with the left arm as far as the armor and internal structures on it that you get with that shield. And we've even given some in the case of Yen Luang to the right arm. Uh, I think just internals in that case because it relies so much upon that right arm. So in the end, you have with buffs to both arm, and, and but armor, you get armor to the left arm, but internals to both. So you're still going to get those buffs, right? You're st and if you run medium pulses, whatever, you're still going to get those buffs. Um, so you are going to end up, even if you don't want to run Yen Wang kind of the way that Quirks say it's best or kind of meant to be run, you're still going to end up being, in almost all cases with these mechs, better off than you are today. But it's just that if you really want to take a Yen Wang from, what, Tier 4 and have it compete with Tier 1, you know, or, you know, the 55-ton uh, Shadowhawks that are, like, Tier 2 right now, when they get a Quirk, they're going to be you know, even pushing into tier one category, um, you want to compete with those shadow Hawks and those, um, you know, tier two, tier one medium mechs. The only way to really do that is to play that Yen Lo Wang with, uh, that takes best advantage of those quirks. So, um, that's the gist of it. I know some of the things that people will be looking for are, yeah, the victors got their negative quirks flushed. Um, we're considering them tier one mechs again once they're flush, so you won't see additional weapon um, quirks out the, out the gate. This can all change, but that's how it's going to go out. So I, we think those are going to return to tier one status really quickly. Um, what else would be of interest? I think the awesome quirks that we already did, which did help 
a lot of people comment on how much you know better they are. Um, that's flushed out for new ones. Um, this time we've gone with CT, LT, and RT buffs um, internals across the board, and we've gone a little further than we did in the past. Um, that and they're very. This is where the you know the variant specific stuff I think is going to be very appreciated. Obviously, the 8Q is very much about PPC, so it's, it's con significant PPC specific PPC buffs, not just general energy buffs. Um, and then you know 18, some of the others are going to be more about LRMs or LRM15s. Um, going down to Pretty Baby, it's going to be some generic missile buffs. If I'm just kind of going off memory here because I've spent a lot of time in the document, and some large laser buffs. So that kind of makes sense per variant. Um, I think as you're seeing locust, um, this is really interesting. I think obviously it's going to sound like a lot, but you know how all the light mechs had like 5% internals before that was really just a test case that's been flushed. So in the case of the locust, we're talking a hundred percent internals and everyone says, Holy crap, hundred percent. Well, you know, that's uh, what is it? 12 hit points on a leg and, there's like six internals, so uh, I think maybe it's eight internal. So if I remember correctly, so basically another eight hit points. So it's not a lot, but you can imagine that it's well, it's more than five percent. Five percent probably didn't even give us a hit point before. So um, you know, hundred percent internals, and then you got some some arm stuff going on, and then you get into specific weapons. I believe the one A is all about small lasers, as you might imagine. Um, significant buffs to um, range. In particular, so you know, it might be reaching out, even approaching medium level, uh, medium laser uh, ranges, uh, but with smalls, and it makes sense. And it's just about that particular mech. So it's not like, oh my goodness, we have to learn a whole new rule for small lasers. No, only when you see a locust, um, you might start wondering that it's, you know, it could be, you know, running six small lasers. And you know, you can all imagine that with those buffs, with the armor and the legs and all that, with the in that case of the one E, you got the small lasers and stuff. Um, it's still going to be a 20 ton mech. It's not going to go out there and brawl head to head with Jenners or anything like that. But I think you could all imagine how it would step up its usefulness usefulness on the battlefield um, quite significantly. And the one V, the, the Phoenix Prime variant, is going to be you know small buff to the machine guns, but a lot of focus on running in you know a single ER large to poke out from distance. So we tried to look at each one and say. You can buff the heck out of those machine guns. I, you know, it's, it might not do it. You know, you're going to get up close on that locust. It's not going to go well. So, um, I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm like 90% happy with the way it is right now. We have some concerns and some questions, and you know, there's been a lot of feedback. Well, that's not how I run my build, and we're trying to, uh, you know, consider that, but also consider the goals at play in play here, and try to make the variants um, as unique from each other as possible. So it's sort of like you want to run the AC-10 Hunchback, you know, you really should be taking out the 4H. And I think that's interesting and, and more interesting to our players in the end. Um, but it just got it plugged in. The numbers are plugged in now. Uh, I didn't get a build today to test. Hoping to get one tomorrow. I'd like to get this into QA's hands by Wednesday next week for a full two-week test run. And if all goes really well, then it can make that October 21st patch. But as you know, on my post, I said October 21st or November 4th. So it is a possibility it could slip into another one. If, if there's just a lot of feedback, if it's just like, well, we really just can't go that far with 
you know, the AC 10 buff on the Fang. So we're going to have to tweak that or something. So, you know, it still has to go through the process. I look forward to getting your hands. I think it's going to make a significant impact, not just to the viability of those mechs, but into our, you know, there's a part of this that just plays into role warfare. Now it's, it's, it's an added benefit and bonus to role warfare that I really wasn't expecting. Okay, Russ, obviously a lot of hype going on in chat. I literally saw some comments that I don't know if they were PG rated. Um, about really excited. Um, so some questions that sort of came out. You mentioned rubric. You mentioned, uh, you know, obviously this is affecting every single chassis. Um, you know, what is that rubric you're talking about? And then also what kind of impact do you think this is going to have on the game? Well, um, this could change, Okay. So it's not my broken promise if I change it. But we did want to have a rule in place. And this is a lot of credit and help to um, particular community members. I'm just not mentioning them specifically because um, everyone then says, you know, why would you listen to those people and not these people? So we've been listening to some people. They've been a great help, in particular around the, the tier list. I mean, I think we agree that that's one area that we wouldn't um, – we wouldn't really be able to come up with on our own. Uh, you know, we're not part of the competitive teams. We have a lot of trust towards the competitive players and even just the better players play our game a lot, uh, really understanding exactly what tier these mechs are in much better than we do. Um, beyond that, um, the rule in place at the moment is essentially, uh, depending what tier you are, and that's kind of tier you are, that uh, defines how many um, weapon quirks you're going to get. So the armor quirks, if we gave the mech any armor or internals, uh, those are on top of the five. Um, there's a few other cases like movement quirks. So Locus also has an acceleration quirk buff I didn't mention. Um, acceleration and deceleration. I think those also, there's a, there's a few other categories that we said, well, those aren't the five either. The five are around the weapons. Um, defined the mechs into support, brawler, or skirmisher type roles. And then, so then if you have, for instance, um, I don't know, let's see, uh, I'm going to probably get this wrong, but I have a doc open right here, actually. Let me get there. Uh, I'm going to just go down to the beginning of the list. All right, so I mentioned the Locust um, 1V, right, the prime variant. So tier 5, as you guys know, I've shared that list with you. Um, left leg, right leg, 100% structure. Uh, right arm, left arm, 50% um, armor, uh, armor not structure, and then we've got five energy or five um, weapon. Uh, sorry, movement, acceleration, and just acceleration 25%, deceleration 50%, and then you got the five um, weapon ones, and we have uh, ballistic weapon range buff. I'm not going to list the percentages for you guys right now because that's the thing that's probably the most likely to change, like the actual percentage on the buff. Um, energy weapon range. Um, uh, so that's obviously across all energy weapons. Then you have uh, weapon specific ER large duration and ER large uh, cooldown. And I've only listed off four there because of the ER large cooldown in this particular case, um, which is one of those things we're exploring, it's actually a double uh, usage in this case. So basically uh, the tier five amount that we give a mech times two. So it's a pretty significant cooldown buff on the ER large, as well as a duration of the beam, 
Um, and then there's a general energy weapon range and a general ballistic weapon range. So you can start to imagine this um, locust being able to reach out pretty far, um, you know, approaching, approaching, you know, even like approaching clan large laser ranges um, with uh, buffs to duration and cooldown as well. And so it sounds extreme and believe everyone at the office, including myself at first, has massive trepidation like, oh my goodness. Then you realize, okay, it's a Locust 1V. So, yep, he's going to be out there with his one large laser picking away at people, but it's just for this mech. You know, these. So, I, one part I skipped there is so basically, obviously, tier five has five weapon buffs, but tier five, say ER large cooldown, is a much higher percentage than, say, tier two ER large. Uh, cool down. So I think you guys understand that's enough information to get a picture of how it plays out. And this is an initial pass. Like I said, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's going to be really effective. It's going to go through some tweaking here in the next couple of weeks, almost certainly. Um, but then don't view that as like locked in stone, be all end all. Um, the quirk system is going to continue to grow. We might come in here and add all sorts of things. Um, we might end up with, taking away one that's a weapon-specific buff and giving it maybe a, a generic one. If we say that maybe in some cases our um, determinations on exactly how a mech should be played, um, for some it's going to be kind of like obvious. There's just mechs out there that sort of like, well, geez, if you want this to be viable, you end up with this build. So those quirk runs on those mechs are probably going to end up being very, very accurate. Um, there's some other mechs that are a little more gray. And we might end up then in some cases saying, well, let's take out this one weapon-specific buff and put more of a generic family of those weapons, um, you know, in buff in there instead. And that way, you know, it'll still stack with this one. And so it'll still give the end effect that we wanted, but can be used a little more generally in some other cases. So it's probably going to be a mech-by-mech mech, um, basis a little bit still. You can come up with a rubric and a rule set. Um, and I think those go a long ways, and they go towards uh, achieving the vast majority of the workload that it takes to put quirks on like 100 mechs. Uh, but there are going to be cases where we just have to uh, modify on a mech per mech basis. So, well, that is a lot of good info. You have another uh, follow-up? No, I was just going to say, um, if you're reading Twitch chat, I don't think I actually saw any negatives in that entire time you were talking about the locust. So I think that uh, shows <laughs> how positive and, and um, how, I guess, excited uh, everyone is well about received. that. Yeah, I mean, I think we could do probably a two or three hour uh, meeting just on that feature alone. It's got a lot of people talking, a lot of people excited about the possibilities. But I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, if we have any other follow-ups on the Quirk system, we'll you know, obviously try and get him in. Uh, this next question is from Stallman. He asks, is there any chance we'll get a save loadout option and a way to load those saved loadouts? Um, yeah, I don't really have an answer on that. That's a question that goes back to the first hours of MechWarrior, you know, online development. Um, I don't have a specific reason as to why it's not there other than, you know, it just uh, never got development time. I mean, I think there was some, there was always some question of, you know, whether or not, you know, uh, you should allow people to 
see about Mac configurations really quickly. Um, there's definitely at least a little bit of a business case there for saying, hey, dude, you know, you got to run four different Centurion 9Ds, you know, in combat, you know, and, and especially in, in the beginning when talking about community warfare. Um, then, and you run four different builds that you run all the time, well, you need to, you know, Go get four Centurion 9Ds and build out all four the way you like them. And that kind of played more into, you know, I guess uh, both, a, I don't know, more of a business case sense, I guess, in this regard. But it wasn't like, hey, we can easily turn this on. Let's do this. And then we said, no, business case, let's get people to buy more mechs. Um, it really never got to that point. There was always that thought process of like, well, there's kind of a business case to be made here for you know, buy mech base, buy your mechs, own multiple mechs if you like to run different builds. Um, but again, it never, that business, that potential business case never got to a point where it kind of uh, stopped development of the feature or anything. But it might be fair to say because there was that <clears throat> lingering thought process on the business case that, you know, maybe we never uh, pushed a feature like that to the top of the list. You know, there's always plenty of other UI needs and demands out there uh, that we never felt like we had to jump on that feature straight away. Next question we have is from uh, Tracef. I think I got that right. Uh, when will monthly ISMX come back? Um, very good question. And it's a question that I feel like I'm not fully prepared to answer just because I, I think we're in we're in the middle of something here you know it, it, there's a lot changing right now you know we in the past um you know a lot of things were decided based on our relationship with igp and our relationship with which was directly related to what we call odf or our ongoing development funds that we agreed upon together and how much of those funds went towards creating Max, Hero Max, and the various things. In the last couple of months of our relationship with them, that started to change dramatically. There wasn't really any, um, well, there wasn't really any funding for anything in the last couple of months. So um, things really got kind of messed up. But I think there's also, you know, an evolving uh, business plan in, in in the, you know the industry and free-to-play games and I look at you know other games in the marketplace and stuff and one thing I'll say though is that mech online will always be free to play in the sense that every single mech um, uh, you know every single type of mech chassis it may be the best way to say it will always be available for free in the game um, for C bills at some particular point you know at, at times we reserve things like for instance i don't know yet when i'm going to allow the maybe the, the centurion and the atlas um, reward mechs to be sold for c bills um, so there's some special cases like that but all the mechs if you look at the mad dog it's gonna be available in december wave one mechs i think on tuesday we had our fifth one for c bills um, so we're getting pretty close to you know those all being released wave two you already know the schedule um, but I'm seeing so much of our time and modeling time is used on creating the mech packs, which in the end 
are a significantly better way for us to release mechs um, into the game uh, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which, of course, is the business case of funding MechWarrior Online. Um, I, I don't mind being straight honest with you. So there's, it's an ongoing discussion right now. And there's definitely a chance that I think that the mech pack type of mentality is going to be the way that the vast majority, if not all the, the way that all of our mechs initially get released into the game. And then they'll always be available for free um, for players that you know, don't want to purchase the packs. That's perfectly fine. In free-to-play games, it's always been an acceptable trade-off, of course, between time and money. Um, that will never change with MechWare Online. So take my answer today with um, a grain of salt in that we are only a month into our relationship without IGP and establishing you know, a business model that works and works for MechWare and works for our players. And, um, you know, we've got so many, all of our art resources, you know, on Wave 2, on um, future IS releases that, um, that to answer your question, um, I think eventually in the not too distant future, if you look at, you know, Wave 1 and how that's going to feed into Wave 2, uh, of Clan Mechs, there's going to be a small gap there in the month of November, I think, based on when we announced Wave 2. But essentially, you establish a pacing that will see, you know, a mech being released for C-Bills basically every month, if not every two weeks, you know, like we've seen with the Clan Mechs here recently. So when Wave 1's done, basically Wave 2 will start feeding into that. And if we have an Inner Sphere mech pack coming up for those players that want to qualify for the King Crab and just for our next Inner Sphere mechs in general, the free versions of those mechs will line up with, you know, after wave two. So uh, eventually you do consider, uh, you know, you do establish, I should say, <coughs> excuse me, um, a cadence of like, you know, a free chassis, <coughs> excuse me, a free chassis hitting the market um, maybe even twice a month. So question on regards to this uh, and a follow-up, there's, you know, obviously discussion in the chat and we've, we've got another question, but uh, you know, have you guys considered releasing them a little bit sooner as far as for the C-Bill? And obviously uh, what I'm seeing in chat too, a few people have said, is if it's not available for, you know, C-Bills, then it could be contrived as pay to win. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it really is only dependent on the, the mech, you know, and, and there's certainly been some discussion about that with Wave 1, but... I almost view that as kind of a growing pains thing where, you know, for very important reasons, including both business reasons and for the respect of those players that spent, um, you know, the significant money on, you know, our mech packs as they did, um, that there was really, a, we felt the pressure to make sure that they, you know, got to play with those mechs for, um, you know, a decent amount of time, uh, you know, exclusively. But I think the growing pains part, I think, comes from the fact that when the Wave 1 mechs, when people were waiting for the Wave 1 mechs to become available for C-Bills, there wasn't any clan mechs um, available to play for free yet. But I think that's um, a problem that really doesn't exist moving forward, though, right? Because now we have um, one of every weight class, including uh, Summoner, Direwolf, and 
you know, within the month of October, we're going to see the Mad Cat and everything. So it's not really a problem that exists moving forward. I don't know that we can say, hey, the Gargle isn't available to play for free for a couple more months, so it's pay to win because, well, you can play with the Timberwolf and the Direwolf, right? Two of potentially the best, you can buy those for C-Bills. They're the best C-Bill mechs in the game or the best um, clan mechs in the game. So um, I think we had a bit of a, couple months gap there where people could say, well, I'm not really sure I like this because um, I can't play Climax if I didn't spend money. Um, but now that we've gotten to this point and we've got four plus um, release for C-Bills and another one becomes available every two weeks, I don't think that's really a problem that we have anymore. <clears throat> the only reason I think this is brought up is obviously people are um, saying in chat and I've read is that, you know, if there's an equivalent mech out there can, that can perform equal, if not uh, you know, better, then obviously then it's not pay to win, but a lot of people are referencing the Timberwolf being so dominant and being the best mech in the game. Um, that is where that came from. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I want to jump on that. I think, um, again, uh, we're almost there. Uh, I think we're looking at about a month, I think, right, until the uh, Timberwolf hits... Um, for free release and then really from that point forward i don't think um we'll have this problem anymore uh, there'll be plenty of mechs of all caliber and remember you know at this point and we're going to do the, the inner sphere quirks that's going to make a lot of mechs a lot more viable the victor again is going to take on tier one status totally free mech right so I don't know how many mechs are in the game now. Someone can tell me uh, unique chassis, and when you take the variance into account, uh, there must be lots, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots, and they're all free. So um, give it another month, and even the Timberwolf will be for free, and then it's really not a problem moving forward. And then it's just, just like, hey, if you support MechWarrior and you buy these packages, thank you so much. Appreciate it. It's you know we only we're only here and making MechWarrior and you know making Community Warfare and everything else because people are buying those packages and. And uh, I think it's okay for them to experience those mechs for an exclusive period of time for their support. And especially, you know, um, so long as there's mechs available that people can compete with. So, um, again, with the quirk system and Victor's hitting tier one status uh, and all the free mechs out there and just being a, you got the Direwolf now and uh, Timberwolf in a few weeks, then I'd, I'd it's a problem we had there for a little while, a little bit of an uncomfortable spot for a couple months, but I think we're, we're almost through that now. All right. I knew there would be some questions about ECM, and there were. Um, I'm going to kind of combine them. We had some questions from Jake Peril and Eloka, I think. Basically, is there a reason ECM was not put into the uh, game similar to the way that it is in tabletop? Um, and maybe opposite of how it works in real life. I, I can't confirm or deny that. Um, and then also, is there any plans to relook at, re-examine ECM, BAP, etc.? Well, um, I think most people know that there are, we're open to and there are plans to um, look at all of it, look at everything. I know some people in chat were asking about the player council thing. Um, all I want to say for now is that the plan was to make sure we had this town hall. And if we feel like we've gotten through enough of it tonight, then maybe there won't be any more. But 
I still thought there might be room for at least one more to talk more specifically about some of these things. We talk pretty specifically about heat scale. So I think, you know, that's kind of open for discussion. Now everyone understands kind of what it was used to accomplish. And so we could have that conversation. Obviously we, we talked about third person view. I think we've established that one. It's just really more of a, a piss off thing than it is really a feature that's significant. But that kind of leaves things like ECM left to be discussed. Um, I won't go into it here tonight. It, the answer is yes, we're open to reviewing it. Um, I've said even I don't I don't love it. Um, I don't hate it, hate it, hate it because I think it does offer something unique and something I guess more significant than other past games. McWire always felt were just didn't really. Um, have anything that you know meant anything at least certainly to me anyhow um, and so the only thing I don't necessarily like is the the notion of creating a bubble around such a large area I think I could live with the absolute radar shield aspect of it in smaller doses um, so you know one tiny idea that's been floated around a bit by a lot of people and I thought of it myself at one point was, uh, you know, having the bubble based on your speed. You know, if you're a spider and you want to actually shield a 180 meter bubble or whatever it is, it to be standing still, you know, amongst your heavies and assaults and stuff. Um, if you go running along at 150 kilometers an hour, you might only be bubble shielding yourself, um, yourself alone. And, you know, maybe there's slower speeds that create medium sized bubbles. If you move along at Atlas speed, you can kind of create a, 80 meter bubble. I don't know. Your initial thoughts. Everyone's got some. There's, I think we just want to approach the question cautiously because, as we saw in the forums, it's no doubt it's one of the. It's a hot topic. A lot of strong opinions around it, but it was not a runaway, you know, slam dunk in the forums like this has got to go. Um, there was plenty of people saying that, and there was plenty of people starting their own polls saying leave it alone. It's fine. Um, and a lot of people kind of understanding that it was dreadful in the beginning, super OP. Um, and by the time we got finished with all of our design and countermeasures, which should have all gone out at the same time, um, it was okay. You know, it was, it was livable, bearable, and, and even by some people's accounts, maybe fine or decent now at this point. So I'm sure there's lots of strong opinions popping up in chat now. I'm not looking at it at the moment, but it's one of those subjects. So it's, um, it's open for discussion. Uh, but I think as some people suggested, I'm looking to get a voting capability put into the launcher. Um, we've got just a small fraction of our players that come to the forums that have a strong opinion. Uh, you know, it, it, that's, there's a town hall meeting right there in and of itself. So I think when we start looking at opening something up for discussion and trying to possibly put together some type of player council type thing. Some people are asking about the schedule on that. Well, again, it was about the town halls. Maybe we have another one first, maybe not. I wanted to get through these town halls, give everyone some perspective and the, the team's hundred percent busy on community warfare anyhow. So if we had a perfect design tomorrow for heat scale, you know, or the new, you know, new version of it or ECM for that matter, I'm not going to get anyone to work on it for, month or two anyhow they're busy they're all tied up so we have some time um 
small changes, like I mentioned, around the bubble shrinking or something, yeah, you could do. We can do tweaks probably. You can find a way to put tweaks in in the shorter term. Uh, but if a restructuring of you know the whole thing, that's gonna take some time. We're gonna have to wait for the guys to come off of community warfare. So I thought there was some time now to have some t town halls, then start opening up some discussions, gathering the input, and then by the time they're free, we'll have we'll you know have some things to work on. We'll have some direction. But I also started thinking that it probably um, maybe might not be the best idea to start out with something like ECM, which is. Uh, as you saw, quickly degraded into like, well, actually, radar should work totally different, and everything should work different. You know, everything that touches information warfare, it's a big. It can open up to a massive conversation. So, softballs maybe at first. Um, obviously, third-person views a softball. If it's like, in what form can it exist, or should it exist, or what should we do with it? Arm lock. I'm not really sure what the reaction was in chat about that. If they liked limiting it, you know, to new players. Um, those are some easier things. Um, heat scale, it's harder, much harder, but it's still easier than ECM, <laughs> in my opinion. But um, anyhow, that's hopefully that's about as good of an answer as I can throw out at this moment. Uh, to sort of comment, I've been reading chat, uh, and obviously not to continue the ECM discussion, but I think a lot of the uh, the uh, comments are it's not necessarily about ECM. It's more or less the information warfare in general and how mechs share info and how they pass them along, how it's blocked, and then how weapons are also used in gameplay. I think that sort of all comes into the, the giant, uh, you know, uh, category that is uh, information warfare. So it's not just about ECM, it's about all of that. And uh, I guess that'll be on the next uh, town hall. I do have uh, two questions. One's by DHB Bleaker, and the other one's by Wonderwell. And basically, they revolve around the uh, any comment on the upcoming potential IS pack that you mentioned, and also would it be possible to see some of the concept art for those. You mentioned uh, possibly December timeframe for that, and uh, obviously why you're doing it. Um, there's been a lot of negative, oh, you know, it's just, you know, just jumping on board the you know bad wagon of just grabbing sales and blah 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 but actually you were doing it in response of something well yeah i mean i was doing it in response of something uh you know there was a significant number of players that said i want to qualify for the king crab um i don't want to buy a clan package you're not they're not clan players but you know that's great and um i'm definitely reacting to player um request to a large degree but um that's not it that's not all it is obviously i mean it's it's definitely what's well, it's the this is it's the number one way um macro online makes its revenue so i think it's a growing business model for macro online and i am absolutely 100 percent a-okay with anyone out there who wants to be um concerned or um, unimpressed by mech packs and says, I don't want to buy any more mech packs. We have enough mech packs, uh, make maps, uh, make community warfare, you know, until I see such and such features or changes to ECM or changes to this or that or whatever, I'm not going to buy any more mech packs. Um, that's absolutely fine. Uh, I'm just saying, Yes, I am reacting to player feedback, but also I'm not completely going to hide behind that. This is a significant business model for MechWarrior Online, 
And I mean, look at every game. It's like Star Citizen sells you ships. Everyone sells you something. And it becomes that for a reason. Mechs are easy to sell. You know, you can't sell maps. You can't sell certain content that everyone needs to have on their client and load up when a map kicks off a match, right? So some things just naturally that the player owns, skins, mechs, etc., naturally fit that category way better than anything else. It's our vehicles, right? It's our tanks. It's our ships. And that's just the way it is. And it's a growing business model. It's, 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 you know, think of it in the future of there will be more packs. There'll be packs and packs and packs and packs. And, you know, as long as there is mechs, you know, there'll be packs just like another game. So I'm absolutely fine with players voting with their wallet. I appreciate that. And I respect that people will say, I won't buy another mech pack until community warfare, planetary conquest is out. Fair enough. I won't buy another pack, mech pack until some criteria that is important to you is met. And that's totally perfect. Um, I respect that and we'll be listening to feedback. And obviously it's our job to try and uh, fix, recover, change, um, deal with as many of those things as possible so that we have as large a customer base as possible. So, yes, here we go. Um, I'm excited about it. We haven't done an Inner Sphere Mech Pack in a long time. I actually am hoping to get it out relatively soon. Um, yes, the absolute deadline would be December 16th before the King Crab is available. But, um, you know, with the way that things are now with the packs, we're able to get mechs out sooner than the actual end date. You know, as you've seen with Wave 2, um, there is the Mad Dog, of course, who qualified is available right now. But if you just bought um, the other various Wave 2 mechs, uh, the first ones are going to start coming available, memory serves, in November. So first of November-ish is the first one. Um, then one towards the middle of November. And then you have one on the first of December and the middle of December. So the mechs are starting to achieve a better cadence of, of coming out. So with that in mind, if, if we start a mech, uh, inner sphere mech pack, um, and allow people to purchase that here and in a month ish, um, late October, early November. And, you know, we might still have the possibility of seeing the first of those, not only would they qualify the King crab on December 16th, which is great. Um, if they bought the, you know, top aspect of it, but then the other mechs will start to come out, um, as early as, you know, let's say, you know, mid-January or something. So just, you know, within a month of the Wave 2 pack being released, some of these new Inner Sphere Max start coming out. So that's, there's a couple reasons to, you know, jump on this right away. Um, I have been doing some polls. There are limitations to the polls. So when I did a, an Assault Mech poll, um, there were people saying, why not the Mauler, why not the... Uh, what was it? Devastator? I don't know. There was a few others, right? About three others that got, you know, quite a few kind of write-in votes. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not saying those are lame. It's one of these three because I'm, you know, because I say so. There is logic behind it. There is, um, in most cases, it's because we have the concept artwork finished already, along with the... Um, Orthos, um, ortho drawings, so for the, the modelers to use. And 
you know, in some cases timeline, and in other cases technology bases of what the mechs hold and uh, the number of variants that are available. So when it came to the assault, those are the three options that I already had concepted and fit all the criteria that I just listed. Cyclops and the Zeus were very close. Um, Zeus won by just like a percent. Um, I'm going to forego throwing out, you know, what the decisions are for now because I want to be sure, but I also still like surprising you guys. I'm sorry. I mean, when Wave 2 Mech come out, I want a lot of you guys guessed it right or guessed it mostly right. It's still exciting to boom, announce it and have you guys see what they are. So I'm sorry. I'm going to hang on to that for now. But obviously, you know what the options are here because I'm telling you what they were with the polls. The Heavy Mac poll, very interesting. I thought the Black Knight would win, and it probably will. Um, both cool. All I can tell you is I've seen the Grasshopper concept, though, of Alex's, and it looks awesome. Confirmed. So, Confirmed awesome. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, it looks wicked. Um, Black Knight is doing right now. And I had him start drawing that right away because I knew they'd be a popular mech. So... Um, and then on the medium and the light, I don't think I'll be putting polls up for them because I've got to what I view are kind of grand slam choices and they fit that criteria I listed out too. So, um, it's harder for me to throw out options. The light in particular, I think is a home run. Uh, the medium is close to it. When I look at the other ones I had available as candidates. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're getting really close to being decided on that and we will you know announce that and put that up there and and we will look forward to you guys um voting with your wallet you know you say awesome industry pack here we go or great russ this looks great um i'll be sure to buy that when um you know i'm playing planetary assault that's fair all right got a follow-up uh, question for you russ and sort of ties into uh, the questions uh, before of well, I don't want to buy a mech, you know, mech pack until this you know comes in a game, and and I want to buy a mech pack. Has PGI ever thought about including uh, goals, saying, hey, if we sell enough of, for instance, this Wave Two IS uh, uh, pack, that you know, in return, we'll knock out two maps, and here's the date for those maps, or here, you know, have you guys ever thought about that, including it as a grand goal as well, saying, hey. We understand that you guys want mechs and maps, and we understand that you want both in the same time. If one does well, the other does equally well. Have you guys ever thought about that? Well, it's an interesting concept. Um, it actually brings up a really interesting point to kind of bring up, and that is maybe, you know, I don't know if some of our players might realize this, maybe some won't, based on past conversations and whatnot, is that Micro Online obviously relies on its customers just like any game does, of course. But We've never actually crowdfunded anything, you know. I mean, even founders. It was, it was about. We, we described to everybody what the game was, and we described what the four pillars of the game were. But the founders packages themselves. We said, here's what you'll get. You know, if you give us $120 of money for a legendary pack, we're going to give you like, I forget now. It was a lot. It was how much an MC? More than 120. It was, you know. So we can give give you all this MC and these formats and. This is what you're going to get for the legendary package. And when the time came, we delivered, you know, the contents of that package to people. Um, it wasn't until a little bit later when, well, I think there was some poor communication by Piranha at the time. Um, 
and basically making sure that we communicated that, look, this is, we're not necessarily crowdfunding any features, but I remember when um, it was actually IGP, they were out looking for, um, yeah, I think they were looking for some investment at the time or something, and they put out like a press release kind of, you know, um, pounding their chest about the uh, success of the Founders Program. And at the time, that was really exceptional. You know, that was uh, kind of, I think, sort of a record, unofficial record in a way prior to, you know, Star Citizen or anything because, but at the same time, we really can't count as it a record from our perspective at Piranha. We didn't crowdfund anything. We sold mechs, right? But they had actually used the term crowdfunding in their press release, which we were kind of pissed about. And there was a bit of a falling out um, between PGI and IGP at that moment about that press release that we had nothing to do with and didn't didn't even know what was coming out. And I think if I remember correctly, even on the forums at the time, it was sort of like, hey, we're crowdfunding this game. What's up? You know, where's all this stuff? So that was kind of a crappy situation. But to answer his question, we've never really crowdfunded anything before. We've sold packages of goods, um, pre-order packages, essentially. And that's really what this is now, too, with Wave 2 and any you know, upcoming Intersphere Mac pack. So these kind of thoughts, though, they cross our mind all the time, of course. Um, the challenge there, is, of course, is that it's not the same assets or, or staff that make the two and so when you've got let's say we you know if we achieved a certain amount then yeah i guess if you looked at it very much from a crowdfunding perspective like which is something we haven't done uh with MacWarrior yet then you could you know if we hey, if we hit this particular number then you know we'll hire the staff it takes to you know uh create mechs at a higher pace or sorry mechs uh, maps at a higher pace and to release those at a certain time um haven't done that before we haven't crowdfunded any features yet um, I will throw out some bits uh, when it comes to the maps, though. Uh, you have the Mining Collective now. I think it looks really good. Fun map. Swamp map. It's looking good. I got serious with Dennis and the Art Director and those guys. You know, said, dude, I want this son bitch in test. Um, uh, no later than this. Uh, let me look at my calendar here really quick. I think you're on the 21st of October. Um, full time into tests, and usually pat maps won't make won't make it out in one cycle, but it does it basically set a deadline of the uh, second patch in November. So all in all, pretty good. Only two months after the mining collective, right? We should have the swamp map in our rotation as well. On top of that, the new map used for the community warfare game mode is looking great. Uh, we're going to be play testing it tomorrow with the new game mode, actually. Um, generators, doors, the whole bit. Um, there might even be some dropship mode testing going on tomorrow. We've got a little over a week to our first sprint ending, which has a lot of exciting goals. But as to the map, we'll be playing that map with the new game mode. Won't have the four mech dropship functionality yet, but um, that map is, is looking good. And it's a, it represents a new uh, type of map. It's not a little more about how we're we're making maps moving forward, but in particular for um, community warfare map with this new game mode type, uh, because it's made for that specific attack defend game mode, we can create them quicker. We can create them much quicker for a few reasons. One, we've got all the asset sets. You know, everything from forest setting to alpine setting to swamp to you know all the different themes that you've seen our maps made with. So we have all that now. 
And that's the way it's going to be for regular maps post-swamp as well, as I've mentioned. So the turnaround time will be much quicker, um, but we can also pull up some terrain maps and, and populate them with these asset sets, both for the new com community warfare maps as well as um, you know the regular cycle of maps uh, moving much quicker. And then I know people will talk about community content in the maps. Uh, like I said, I promised I'd turn my attention to that after Swamp and the Community Warfare map are done, and I still will discuss it with you. Um, but there's a little bit of map information. So, you know, your idea on the crowdfunding thing is 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 interesting. I don't know if it's maybe necessary at this point now that we've finally got things corrected up on the uh, the map side, I guess I would say. I know, and I guess I should throw this out there, and I just, I just can't help myself, but we didn't make... The, the big hole was created that we released HPG around Christmas, right? And we basically, we didn't create any maps. We didn't work on maps at all between January, or sorry, between December-ish and June or July or um, at some point in the summer. And that was based 100% um, on the fact that at our December conversations with our publisher, they um, no longer wanted to pay for map development. So uh, we were just unwilling, more out of stubbornness in this case, to take on the full burden when they were unwilling to see the value or to participate in this development. So um, that's why they stopped. That's I, I, I blamed it on clan production in the past. It wasn't a lie. It was true because all the staff that I did have making maps went on to mechs, and they started making the mechs, and that was our focus. But the truth is our publisher just didn't want to support and pay the money to make maps. Um, they weren't seeing the value in them, even though every time we released a map, we saw the value in our players, not only their reactions and positive comments, but in the, you know, the player counts online and just everything about a map that creates, um, you know, traffic on the game and on the server. So I understand right now it feels like how do we get maps going? I guess I'm just here to reassure, reassure you that they're going. You know, we got Mining Collective out two months from Mining Collective. We'll have Swamp, and then we'll have another new map that we're experiencing with Community Warfare, and we're going to pull out all the stops to make sure that we can get more than just the one for Community Warfare. Uh, we can have that. We can have more than that that one new one. So map production is alive and well and moving along. So I'm not sure that we'll, you know, we'll look to you know, do what the, the player suggested. Russ, I do have a follow-up, and this is actually just personally from me. You mentioned dropship mode and all that. Uh, you guys have the original trailer of the Atlas being dropshipped out. Is this being tied in somehow? Just, even, you know, as far as you die, you respawn in your mech, but it, there's maybe an animation sequence of that, you know, awesome scene. Is, is, that, is that too much to hope for? Is that something maybe you guys can grab, you know, grab for? Well, yes and no. Um, it is going to come into play, but not to that extent. Or at least I, I seriously doubt it. Um, it's a really cool thought, but I don't think we're going to be loading another entire level that you're in, and then you drop, and then you load another level, or you know, back into the level. Or we'd have to. That doesn't work technically for the game, so you'd have to basically have both of you know the levels inside the same map space but just in 
different corners. You know, there's ways to do it, but that is a little bit outside of the scope for this next phase. But the dropship will come into play. At least the current plan right now is we've got the Leopard class dropship. It looks great. Um, one little change from lower, though, I think I think it'd be a change from lower. You'd have to tell me for sure. Is our Leopard class dropship has uh, VTOL capabilities, and that was really kind of necessary for bringing mechs into combat uh, when people were coming back in after they're destroyed because didn't want to drop them off at like two Gs, you know, and Panther. Uh, what do you call it? The Leopard class dropship just goes flying by. So it's going to come in VTOL style. This plan is currently comes in VTOL style and drops mechs in. So you guys already know about the 30 second timer. So three of your teammates are dead. They're waiting. 30 second timer comes. They select the next mech they're going to play in Community Warfare. They hit launch. Players will see the dropship come flying in on a spline path. You know, go into hover mode real quickly and the mechs spawn and jump you know take leg damage right on the way down no no leg damage i hope <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to make sure they don't <laughs> but um <laughs> that was a joke we had in the boardroom the other day but <laughs> basically it's gonna be cool so i don't know for sure the player that's spawning in what they're gonna see yet you know if we're gonna be in the cockpit and dropping that last little bloop to the ground um do it do it now or or do you watch it all, you know, I don't know, third-person style. I, mean, I just said the word third-person. And, and, you know, you, the mechs fall to the ground, and then you, you're in it. So, but either way, so we have to finalize that perspective that the player will have during the process. But it's not like it's going to be, I'm inside the dropship, I'm walking around the gantry, I walk over to mech, I get in, I da -da 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 -da, you know, like I push buttons, and I, you know, play like a whole mini game in there to like get to my next mech it will be ui driven as far as like i'm dead there's the 30 second timer i click that mech let's go and then you know from one of your teammates that's still alive they'll see the dropship fly in and they'll see the mechs you know appear at the doorways i suppose and and down they come and if you're the guy who's coming back into the match i'm not positive yet but i'm thinking you'll see you'll probably just be in the cockpit and you'll you know start your mech up and then you'll do a little hop down to the ground or something. So it's in my head right now because the dropship's just done, the map's just done, the game mode's just done, and they still have to get the dropship to do those things. So um, we've got some stretch goals. I've, I'm hoping we can get the uh, dropship to have some weapons. I want to have it so that you, if you're kind of dominating the enemy team, I don't want to see you rushing up and crowding around the dropships trying to you know, spawn, camp them. Um, there might be turrets at play around this areas where the dropships come in much more mean style than you were used to. And you might be taking, you know, super accurate insta-hit PPC hits or something. I don't know. Uh, from the dropship itself. So if you're taking damage from the dropship, I think our players are going to learn real quick. It's kind of like you're going to be telling your teammates, please don't take fire from the dropship. You know, that's just damage that we can't afford because that's free damage to the other team. You know, they you took damage and they didn't even have to shoot you. And so your chances of winning the planet are going to decrease, I think, significantly if you end up running up to this, trying to rush spawns and taking, you know, enemy fire from the dropship and turrets. All right. Yes, Phil did cut in line. He will be uh, punished later. That being said... 
I'm certainly glad he did do that because that was a lot of info I wanted to hear. I'm sure you wanted to hear it too. Um, but this is now well over three hours, Russ. Uh, we're going to finish off here with a kind of a fun question from Dyrus Nye, um, which is, why have you not released the Urban Mech? Do you have concerns that it will be OP and dominate the game? No, um, I don't have that concern. Um, I don't know if we have a really good answer for that. I just think that, one, it's like, in a lot of ways, it's just kind of one of those joke jokes. And it's become, I think, much more than a joke now. I understand that. I think in the earlier days, as people's as much as they asked for it, I think it was more of a joke. Now it's evolved into something, I think, much stronger than a joke, and people actually want it. Um, and then I think there's also been some, some concerns about, well, that's great, but it's kind of, what's it going to do? You know, it's a piece of crap. But we'd have to... Um, you know, do some funny things. So if they want to be viable, what does that mean? Are we going to have to, I mean, right away, people have, have rightly brought up that it, just because it is what it is in Lord certainly doesn't mean it isn't viable in our game. I mean, in our game has different rules, right? It's a 30 ton mech. I think 30, right? Is it 30? Someone correct me. Say 30, something. 35 Still, tons. 30. 35. 30? Okay. That was It's 35. Oh, geez. He said 30 and then he said 35. Why did he do that? <laughs> okay. 35 ton mech and uh it's got an ac10 and it moves like super slow but in our game of course there's engine rules like i mean i suppose it's just up to us if we want to set the engine rules in a way we like you know i mean maybe the stock mech is slow like the lore but i mean you know we can make it maybe so it's not like a spider but we can still make it so maybe if you choose to put a big engine in it you can do I don't know, 80 or 90 or something, you know, like something pretty decent and keep up with you know, all the heavies and mediums. Or most Honestly, of I think the biggest challenge there is Alex's, you know, making <laughs> basically an R2-D2 fit into this world and, and look really good. Yeah, and some people have thought up, oh, you'd have to have 360 degree, you know, turret capabilities to be viable and have it go in reverse as fast as forward and some ideas. I don't know how much how necessary those are because again we can set the engine limitation any way we want and we can set the hard point we take liberties with hard points all the time so i mean you know yellowing is you know what is it two ballistic hard points in that arm not just one so um you know same goes with this you know you can give it people can choose to put um an er large laser in that energy hard point not just a small laser um so go ac2 and uh ER large, that might work. That's not, I mean, that might have decent speed still. So, um, plus, in, in the energy spot, we can give it more than one hard point. So, in the end, it might be like a lot of other, you know, 35 ton max that just cruise around at reasonable speeds, reasonably quick speeds with like two ER larges or something. You see that all the time with the 35 ton max. So, you might be right. It's just about, hey, let's make it look cool. And if you do, I think Mech Online already supplies enough rules that you can make it you know viable as viable as any 35 ton mech okay that might be a bit of a stretch but <laughs> it, it is 30 ton by the way <laughs> oh it's 30. Oh, it is 30. So you weren't sure is why you were saying so none of us know uh, i thought it was 30. see i knew it all you had to say was yes russ you're right you were you were right originally russ now uh we we do have 13 pages of questions guys we're sorry that we didn't get to all of them tonight in fact we didn't even get to half of them tonight we could do this for probably 10 hours 
and still have questions left over. So I think that does warrant another town hall meeting sometime in the future. Uh, Russ, you can call that. But uh, thank you big time for spending this much time. Again, this was over three hours. This is after work. So we totally appreciate it. We appreciate all you people showing up. We had a great turnout tonight. Uh, Phil, what do you think? I was going to say, I think a lot of useful information. And I just want to preface this. We may not have got up to every single question today. And the topic uh, at the very beginning was the past. So what we'll do is on the next one, and Russ, you'll let us know. And we'll get that info out, obviously, to everyone so they can uh, be here. But, uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Hey, uh, you know, appreciate you guys being, you know, civil. You know, um, that that's the biggest thing is... If you guys are civil, we'll we'll ask as many questions as we can. And Russ, I just want to say thank you for coming out here, as well as Darren and our support guys behind the scenes, Wingbreaker and Jay-Z doing some mod work behind the scenes. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. the time. And uh, thank you, everyone else, for coming out here. And I just want to say, uh, just right off the bat, that, uh, you know, hey, if, if you enjoy this type of thing, we're pushing it. Uh, uh, you know, you can ask Russ. We've been bugging him about this stuff, and now that IGP is out of the way, we're able to do this, and that's really great. So hopefully you guys appreciate the open communication, and just remember uh, you have to be positive for this to continue. So just keep that in mind. He's going to keep doing it, and uh, it's it's sort of a, a relationship. And I'm also throw, if you – go ahead, Russ. Well, I'm just going to throw a little, little – um, we're doing the deco system. We are hoping – to make it so one of the channels um, will be user-generated content for the Deckel system. So we're working through that. Technically, it's not that big a deal. It's really <clears> going to come decals. down. No, no, no. Uh, I've worked with a lot of U.S. publishers and stuff, man. <laughs> they all say Deckels too. I swear. No, no. I, I would. I don't, I don't know who you're. Anybody with. in the U.S. Deckles. would get punched in the face if they were to say oh, that. Come on. <laughs> It's not like a yeah. hoose. I, I've never honestly heard that word until you said huh. it. All right, decals. <laughs> um, there's uh, user-generated content, so technically it's it's easy. Um, really, it's just about talking to the lawyers and making sure it's buttoned up. So you, know, you guys can submit your decal, and um, as long as it, you know, it'll it'll almost certainly cost MC to submit one because that's kind of the risk of saying that's how you buy it, but at the same time. If you submit, you know, the penis decal, uh, decal, sorry, I see you're screwing me up. Um, <laughs> you, you submit that one, then it's done. It's gone, man. So don't send yeah. penis ones in. Send in real ones because um, it takes a lot of time to manage something like that. And um, that'd be cool, right? So we're thinking three channels. Totally. One for faction. So there's your house cure to one. One for your, you know, whatever, your silly magic eight balls and, and whatnot. And uh, one for user-generated stuff. So that I just sounds thought I'd awesome. Throw that out there. So I just I saw some chat about user-generated content in the thing, and yep. um, I know people mostly focus on maps with that, uh, but there is an area where we can, um, you know, we can put it in there. Somebody said a penis decal would be a decal. Anyway, um, I do want to also remind everybody that this content will be up on Twitch as a highlight. It'll be going up on YouTube, and it will be going up on SoundCloud. So if you missed anything, it'll be available uh, very soon tomorrow, next day. 
All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks, I just, just want to say thank you, Russ, for being here. Thank you, everyone. Hey, and if uh, if you like this sort of thing or if you, this is your first time to uh, NGNG TV on Twitch, hit that follow button. That way you guys get email notifications when we do go live. We stream every single day, Monday through Friday, and sometimes even during the weekends with some of our streamers. I will say that we will be uh, hosting and uh, spectating the Clan Novacat uh, tournament this Saturday that starts at uh, whoop, 9 p.m. Eastern. I will be personally there doing the spectate tool and the camera for you guys. So that that's going to be going on this Saturday. So again, if you uh, if you like this sort of thing, hit that follow button. Um, and of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget, follow us uh, you know um, over at the forums. Register, maybe even YouTube. I don't know. Like, comment, subscribe. All right, guys, have a great night. Be safe, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. Until next time, Mac Warriors.